Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Yesterday, there was a report presented to the Metro Vancouver Climate Action Committee. And that report offered uh, our elected officials at the municipal level and the regional level, um, give them a sense of the scale of infrastructure required to shift uh, our transportation away from, of course, internal combustion engines or fossil fuels. In that report, it says that uh, Metro Vancouver requires 100,000 new public charging stations uh, across the region to be built over the next 15 years in order to keep up with the electric vehicle demand. Joining me now to talk a little bit about this report is Lisa Dominato. She is an ABC Vancouver uh, councillor and she also sits on the Metro Climate Action Committee. She's actually the chair of of that committee as well. Uh, Lisa, thank you for joining us. Hi, Jazz. Thanks Hi. for having me on. Well, I, I want to get. I know you want to get on with your Thanksgiving weekend, like oh, we all do. But this is such <laughs> a really big, real big issue, because you're seeing the transition already as people are. You see more and more EV cars on the on the road. Uh, your thoughts, first and foremost, is, is this doable? The hundred thousand new public charging stations just for Metro Vancouver alone. Well, it's certainly daunting, uh, particularly as you cite the upwards of 100,000 chargers by 2050, when right now uh, we've got roughly 1,600 level two ports and 270 fast chargers in Metro Vancouver. Uh, So that's why yesterday when I was at there, it's quite mind-boggling. It's a big number. Uh, But I certainly think it is achievable, um, but it is going to require uh, funding um, from provincial federal levels of government, but also some innovation, both looking at local policy and an example of that is having um, new residential buildings, multifamily in particular, whether it be strata condo or rental, be EV ready in terms of the parking spots. That's one example at the municipal level things that we can do. Uh, But it's a big number for sure. Um, so let's talk rentals or condos just for a moment. Uh, that would be building code. From my sense of it, just hearing from listeners and, and sometimes guests that we've had on, it's incredibly expensive to retrofit charging stations for older condominium buildings, that it's it, it's just not worth the time. Is there anything you think can be done in regards to changing that so that we can make it, more, uh, make it much more cost-effective for some of these older rental units and condominium sites to be able to, to, to offer electric vehicle charging? Yeah, well, that is certainly uh, one of the bigger hurdles is with existing buildings. And, and we had a similar conversation at the Climate Committee uh, the other day about uh, the retrofitting of existing buildings for um, heating and cooling systems. And so uh, that's why we do have a, a, a conglomerate that's looking at best practices for doing that. So I think that's one way of doing it is is um, setting out some examples of how you can go about this, the pre-planning that needs to go into it, because uh, you're not going to do it overnight, but you have to look at that because we're, we're not going to be taking those buildings down. They're going to continue, but you need to have that infrastructure the alternative is that um, locally and, and through provincial and federal support, we look at um, ch- public charging. 
So uh, there's been research out of UBC looking at how you might convert um, and add uh, uh, public charging using lampposts, using the existing electrification there. Um, other locations like parkades, um, parking lots, uh, curbside parking. Uh, but certainly the retrofitting has a high cost. Um, Will a lot of this just have to rely on those owning single-family homes putting in chargers as well? I mean, we often talk about we need this, we need that, but you're seeing new home construction, um, you know, occurring, and they are definitely putting these chargers in. And to convert, even for many people in single-family homes, they're able to put this put this the chargers in pretty quick and relatively inexpensively. Mm-hmm. Certainly, um, and and certainly we're seeing that with uh, people. Uh, we're seeing the highest one of the highest uptakes of EV purchases is actually in the province of BC, across from across the country. Uh, but you are certainly seeing with single detached homes or row homes, townhomes, it is easier because uh, you can charge from the existing uh, outlets, or you can add uh, charging infrastructure. Um, and then you're seeing that added with new builds and new construction. Um, but it's sort of a bit of a chicken and the egg is that we are seeing this uptake in EVs, but there are people who are hesitant um, without seeing that infrastructure there in place. And so the more we add the infrastructure, uh, whether it be through residential builds or at the curbside or in public spaces or employment centers, then that will also support more people um, adopting an EV vehicle. Do you think we should continue to uh, have BC Hydro subsidize the installation of EV chargers in single-family homes, or do you think we've we, we've gone we've done enough, and it's up to homeowners now to sort of uh, deal with that cost? I think there's certainly a role for BC Hydro in, in all of this, and I, I think that um, uh, you know trying that well homeowners uh, you know may some homeowners may be able to afford this. Um, there is still a cost to it. I think the other piece we need to look at, though, is how a report like this, which was quite an in-depth study around what are our projected needs uh, for the future and analysis, is how that acts as a catalyst for uh, municipal governments to make policy changes. Uh, So, for example, while the city of Vancouver has policy requirements to have all new residential bills, multifamily, be EV ready, that, uh, that is not the case across the lower mainland. And you have municipal governments that do not have those kind of policies in place. And so I think it'll be a catalyst for that, but also a catalyst for having those conversations with uh, the provincial federal governments. But also, how do we leverage the private sector in this space? So, for example, I've heard that TELUS is partnering with a company out of Australia called Jolt to have EV charging infrastructure that's Wi-Fi enabled. Um, there, So there's I think there's different ways that we can do this. We're trying to incent in Vancouver gas stations to have uh, EV infrastructure on site. Uh, so... I think there's different ways of, of achieving this goal. Uh, how much is this just going to come down to the federal government offering up more dollars? Uh, because the the number here is the two point nine million two point nine billion dollar is re- re- required, and our EV uh, growth will be grow will be by about eleven fold to about a well over a million vehicles uh, by twenty thirty eight, which isn't very far away over the next fifteen years. Um, a lot of this is just going to have to come down to the the, the federal government and, and I guess the provincial government just putting up some more money to, to, to get this stuff built. I, I think they're going to be key players in this, and we've certainly seen some investments from both levels of government. Um, we do know um, that the fast chargers are the most expensive ones as well in terms of uh, the installation and that infrastructure. So. Uh, certainly, I would expect that um, the provincial and federal governments will be um, including this in, in their capital funding envelopes. 
Um, at the end of the day here, do you think we're up to it though? I know it's still 15 years away and we often, a lot of these goals can be lofty and I understand that. Um, but I, sometimes I, I do, I'm not trying to be a pessimist here, but it's hard to hit these numbers. Uh, I mean, it's going to be mm. very difficult for society to make that sort of 180 degree turn to get all of this built. It just seems a bit, that seems very daunting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, as I said at the outset, um, when I first saw the report and the numbers, uh, my eyes went large because uh, it's a real shift from what we have today to move to upwards of 100,000, um, you know, charging stations and ports and, and like you say, the billion dollar price tag. Um, but we have to start with the analysis. We need to understand the landscape. We need to understand the uptake. Um, and, and by 2035, um, uh, the provinces as uh, mandated that all new vehicles sold in the province will be battery electric or uh, plug-in hybrid. Uh, so we need to plan for the future. And, and the analysis is the start of that. There's going to be an investment required. Um, but, I, you know, I think we're up to it. Uh, but it is going to take some time. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have the debate of where we're going to get all that power in the future for another show because there's a, that's a whole different can <laughs> yeah. of worms and we won't open that before Thanksgiving, but we'll do it soon, I promise you. Thanks, Certainly. Uh, thanks so much, Lisa. Have yourself a wonderful long weekend. You too. Thanks all a lot. Right.